This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening on this Friday as we are recording before LSU kicks off against Arkansas at 6 p.m. Central on ESPN inside Tiger Stadium with a chance to win and clinch the SEC West and book their trip to Atlanta for the SEC title game. I'm Billy Embody. With me, Shea Dixon and Sonny Ship. Let's start with Sonny Money. How you doing today, fella? Good, brother. Good. Just glad Friday's here. Uh, got the kids off next week and stuff, so starting to get excited about uh, about Christmas, setting up for Christmas and everything, and uh, just pumped up, man. Pumped up, you know. We pick one game a year to take the kids to, kind of do as a family, and this year we're going to do the Arkansas game, so they did Troy, then they did Rice, so now they're going to graduate to an sec game so they're kind of pumped up well it might be on the level of of uh the, the some of the other teams that you hey it to. it can't get any worse than troy being your right. first experience in tiger right. stadium <laughs> right that's one that they will never ever live down and my son my son now he's just now starting to understand what it meant for lsu to lose that game and all he asked me is how how did it happen? You know, what was I doing? Was I crying? Was I screaming? And I was just like, oh, really? You didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> you, but I, you, uh, you got to get them off the schneid, I think, this weekend. So if, if uh, they might be uh, out for a little bit if, if LSU were to drop this one, buddy. Oh, man, if they would if they would drop this one, uh, they would probably have to visit me in the Baton Rouge hospital from having a heart attack from the board melt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shady, uh, I know uh, you and I were discussing whether you're going to put up Christmas decorations and get ready for that. What'd you decide? No, I'm I'm rolling full steam ahead on Thanksgiving. We've got the whole family coming here. I'm not trying to blend the holidays this season. Um, and with LSU sort of uh, in a push for maybe SEC championship, and then uh, obviously the awards ceremony is all going on, and then if they make the playoffs. Uh, they would leave before Christmas uh, to go to the bowl destination. So I'm not sure how Christmas out we're getting this year. Normally we are pretty festive. Uh, this year it's kind of TBD. We've got we've only got 500 boxes of Christmas stuff in the attic. So I'm going to be rather upset if uh, if my significant other has bought all this crap over all the years and we're not using it. But we'll see. Well, you get, you're the one who has to put it up, Jay. So it's kind of on you, not her. But that's true. Uh, all right. Enough of that. Huge SEC matchup. LSU takes on Arkansas this weekend. The lowly Razorbacks fired Chad Morris a couple weeks ago after losing to Western Kentucky at home on senior day. Barry Lunny Jr. takes over as the interim coach. I've followed this team pretty closely, and this is a game that I, I don't think should be very competitive at all. They're going to bring in John Stephen Jones Jr. quarterback or K.J. Jefferson Two guys that have played really a limited amount, but they've gotten some experience down the back stretch here. But to be honest, right now this this team is in total total shambles. We'll kind of see if 
uh, Barry Lunny Jr. and the rest of the staff can kind of quiet the waters a little bit. But for me, uh, Shea, this is a this is a game that that LSU really should should roll. Yeah, I mean, I think <clears throat> excuse me, I think that the uh, the line was like whenever it opened, I guess it was around 46, 45, whatever, um, was the largest SEC like conference game line, you know, uh, when you're facing another conference opponent since like the 70s. And I can't remember the last time LSU was a 40-something point favorite. I guess I'm over just looking maybe some of these smaller teams they've played in recent years. But yikes. I mean, without having to dive too deep into it, I would imagine that Georgia Southern – would Northwestern State beat Arkansas? I would guess no. So then this wouldn't be the worst team they've played all year, but I'm not sure. Maybe that would be a good game. Yeah, I've seen a, a lot of Arkansas. I think it would be at least competitive. Sonny, they're going to be starting Mo Hampton at safety, the true freshman, really getting his first extended look with Grant Delpit going to be sitting out for an ankle injury. This is somebody that is a terrific athlete, two-sport signee for LSU in both baseball and football, and he's getting his first start. And what do you what do you kind of expected from the expecting from the young man from from Memphis? Well, kind of piggyback on what you said of of how bad this Arkansas team is, and you know, for those who've been living under a rock during this football season, every FBS school in Louisiana is ranked higher than Arkansas in the CBS Sports One Thirty. So we're talking UL Lafayette, UL Monroe, Tulane, Louisiana Tech, of course LSU. And I think that, you know, I think the North, I think Northwestern State in Arkansas would actually be a pretty good game. Maybe they could hook that up as the, uh, as the weed eater bowl this year up in Shreveport. But, you know, getting over to Mam, over to Mo Hampton, we've been kind of, you know, everybody's been kind of waiting to, for Hampton to emerge. Uh, you know, you've only got three years of him. Uh, before, you know, I'm sure MLB is going to come calling, throw some first-round money at him if he does anything like he did in high school. And so uh, Tiger fans wanted to see him get on the field, and it's late in the campaign. They still have plenty of games that he can get in there with. But I think what you see is obviously the depth coming into play. Kelvin Joseph leaving um, at the beginning of the year. Todd Harris going down with the season-ending injury. LSU not having a lot of depth at safety. Keenan Jones uh, entering the transfer portal. And now you have Mo Hampton, you know, a guy who came in probably a little bigger than he wanted to um, as far as, you know, being able to to run, play the alley, cover as much ground as he needs to cover, not to mention the broken hand that he had early on in uh, in fall camp and early in the season. And so I think what you see now is you see a guy who has gotten better in practice. Um, we've seen him some on special teams, and now they're going to throw him into the fire, and I don't think you could pick a um, – a better opponent to do that. Look, this Arkansas team is, you know, this Arkansas team is bad. Normally when we do our, our preview and prediction piece on Friday, you know, I'll break down, you know, the, the five major phases of the game, see who has the edge. And I, I just couldn't do it this week. I couldn't put our readers through having to read three or 400 words on how bad Arkansas really is. But, you know, outside of Rakeem Boyd, you know, there's not a matchup, um, you know, there's not a matchup outside of running back with Rakeem Boyd against Clyde Edwards uh, Hilaire that is even remotely close. You know, Arkansas had two, you know, their two quarterbacks last week completed nine out of 28 passes for 87 yards against Western Kentucky. 
And, you know, I, I think that tells you everything that you need to know. You know, whether or not Nick Starkle gets in the game on, on Saturday, I know he practiced this week, the former Texas A&M quarterback, is, you know, in my opinion, easily the best one that they have on the roster. But, you know, he, he, he's been pretty much a disaster all year, too. So I just, you know, I, I, I look at, you know, I look at, at this game on both sides of the ball, and I think, Mo, I think you're going to see a lot of true freshmen, a lot of young guys playing in this one, and that, uh, you know, Mo Hampton is just going to be one of many who t- Tiger fans get to see and get an extensive look of on Saturday night. Yeah, and, and Shay on the other side of the ball, else you're going to be going with that same offensive line grouping that day that they had against Ole Miss. Sadiq Charles is going to sit with the coach's decision. They're going to hold Austin Deculus out, try to get him a little healthier. And so it's going to be Adrian McGee, Ed Ingram, Lloyd Cushenberry, Damian Lewis, and Bedard Traore from left to right there. What's your take on the offensive line? They proved a lot last week, but you know, this is, I think, the right move with, with Deculus still obviously nicked up. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to be playing Deculus this week. Rest him, get him healthy for A&M and, and really beyond when you're um, likely playing for an SEC title and, and we'll see about the playoffs. But uh, I have to think, really looking back to Bama guys, I mean, the O-line was probably one of the MVPs. Um, they're one of the 10 semifinalists for best O-line in the country. Uh, we haven't been sitting around and pointing to them as a glaring issue at all like we did last year. In fact, um, there's been many times where we've said they've been a strength. And uh, I know so many people want to are sour about the Ole Miss game and uh, how the defense played and, and certainly in the second half giving up all the, the big plays and points and touchdowns. But uh, if you sort of kind of remove that and look at what the offense did, yeah, they put up 700 and something yards. But uh, once again, I thought this sort of makeshift O-line, especially considered Adrian McGee's playing left tackle, it shows why you recruited a Juco guy like Bedard Traor for times like these where – now you need him at right tackle. Uh, getting Ed Ingram back has been really huge. Now he's getting a chance to play uh, with a bit of shuffling that's going on. Uh, obviously, Sadiq Charles has set out of a handful of games. So uh, he appears to be you know, at the end of that um, violation of team rules or personal reasons or whatever. Uh, Orgeron has said that he's sitting out for. Uh, and I think, I guess, long story short, that they were kind of an MVP of Ole Miss, too. Uh, and... If you look forward, I think that they're going to be able to play well this weekend. And maybe most importantly, you get your two, you know, Charles, if Sadiq's not playing, he's not going to get hurt. Deculus is going to get a little bit more healthy. Uh, you're giving uh, McGee still time on the field. So it's not like he's got to come off and sit at any point. Uh, and now you're getting Ingram uh, and Treyor in the mix, two guys that you may need down the stretch. So I know it's not ideal that, you know, your starting left tackle isn't playing and your right tackle's hurt, but going into a stretch of final however many games they're going to have, I think that they'll need Traor and, and Ingram, and this is a good chance two weeks in a row for them to get some reps. Yeah, and they just continue to build off the success they've had, especially just getting that confidence and keep, keeping it up and building it. You know, their top 10 offensive line and made a made the not the list of, I think, semifinalists for the Joe Moore Award for top offensive line. So they've really uh, come on strong and, and kind of, Quieted all the doubters really uh, heading into this season, and they're a big reason why LSU's obviously undefeated. Guys, for 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 me, when I look at X factors in this game, I look at Mo Hampton. I think he's somebody that, with a with a good strong performance, even against you know an Arkansas team that I don't, I don't think is going to stress a lot of people out offensively. If he can come in and kind of be 
a, a really steady player back there. Maybe they're able to rest Grant Delpit or maybe kind of sit him and have him available against Texas A&M and get him even healthier for that SEC title game. This is somebody that's really athletic, can obviously star in two sports on the high school level in bat, uh, baseball and, and football. And I'm really going to be watching him and see how he can impact this football game. And I think all of us are watching guys on on the defensive side of the ball. And, and Sonny, th- this is a team that probably has a lot to prove uh, after last weekend in, in Oxford. Yeah, and I and I think for I think for Mo Hampton to be able to to have that type of impact uh, like you alluded to, and that we all want to see him have, I think Jacoby Stevens has to have a big game. So I'm going to go with him, and, and more from the mental side of things. Uh, you know, Arkansas is going to have to run the football. Raheem Boyd is really their only legitimate consistent weapon that they have on that side of the ball so i think jacoby stevens is going to have to play close to the line he's going to have to be uh you know be very good in run support and he's going to have to communicate with mo hampton to uh you know to keep that to keep the second the well the third level kind of all on the same page and, and all you know um play in their assignments and so I think, uh, you know, I'm going to go with Jacoby Stevens and just, you know, I, I don't I don't think I think his role stopping the run will be more critical than than anyone else, because I think he's going to be the guy who is not going to have, you know, he's not going to have someone on him on every play of blocking him. And he's going to be able to kind of roam around and use that speed and that run stuffing ability. Yeah, and Shay, who you got as as your X factor uh, for this one? You know, <clears throat> I think that looking back at Ole Miss, you kind of want your and I know Delpit's getting knocked for not playing well. He's obviously not going to play this weekend. We've touched on that, but it wasn't the best game for the linebacker crew, especially in the middle. Um, and I'm going to pick Patrick Queen because I don't think that a game like last week is really indicative of, of how he plays overall. Uh, I think he's been really good in spots this year. And um, when I look forward at, at them playing teams that either spread the ball out or teams like Georgia that are going to run a pro style offense and sometimes just come at you downhill. Uh, I think a guy like queen, uh, especially with divinity, not playing is someone who has to be playing well. Uh, he's one of the smartest guys on the field. Uh, he's one of the most athletic guys, especially uh, at that second level for LSU. So if you want to be good on defense, in my opinion, Queen's got to be a guy who routinely plays well. So I'd like to see him have a, a bounce back week in a way, or at least a really strong week. Um, and if he does that, I think he carries a bit of momentum into A&M, which is going to be obviously a, a stiffer test than Arkansas. So my X factor, <clears throat> I don't think they need him to win the game, obviously, but uh, is Queen. And, and simply because I think he needs to have a really good week to get kind of on the right track again for uh, you know, the stretch run for the LSU defense. Now, uh, let's get to some predictions. Let's lead off with Sonny. Who do you got in this one? Oh, man, I tell you what, it's tough to not go with the upset right here, you know. No, no, in all seriousness. Uh, man, I, I I really think that, uh, you know, I think the offense is going to do what the offense has done all year, and that's going to put up a, a ton of yards, um, a lot of points. And I think the defense, they've heard all week about how they weren't, you know, how they weren't any good against Ole Miss. They gave up 600 yards. 
They gave up 37 points. You don't have Grant Delpit. I really think that that this defense is, you know, going to be angry, going to be salty, and that they're going to come out and that they're going to, uh, you know, try to make a statement. And I do think that they're going to make that statement. I know that this morning I checked Sportsline and um, and the spread was at 43 and a half points and uh, you know that half a point that half a point's gonna get me because I picked LSU 50 uh 54 to 11. JD what about you yeah I mean that same kind of area I mean I'm, it makes me baffled to think that they would cover a 40 something point spread against an SEC team like this but um, wouldn't, I guess, shock me after we saw what they did offensively against Ole Miss, and, and I'm not sure Arkansas is any better on that side of the ball. So I think that LSU does get into the 50s. You know, I think that they're going to score more than 50 in this game. But I'd still think that Arkansas will get 14 or so. So um, I'm going to go 56 to 14 in this one. And what my math is probably terrible. Let's see, 46, 42. So I would have them not covering, but I'll go fifty-six to fourteen. I'm gonna I'm gonna go fifty-eight. I'm gonna go fifty-eight to ten. So I think they I think they end up covering. Ooh. I think right, Matt. Yeah. So I, I've got them covering uh, the spread, and it, it'll be interesting to to see when they do pull Joe Burrow and those guys out of there, because that's obviously a big part of this. And hey, Shay, maybe we'll maybe we'll be out of there by you know nine thirty. That'd be that'd be trim- tremendous. They get get in the second half, run the ball a good bit, run some screens with Miles Brennan in there, and kind of let us Play get on with our Terry, Yeah, all, all that. Yeah, Gerald Ferry's going to start. I heard. Um, so <laughs> Donovan <laughs> Campbell in the summer. <laughs> uh, we'll have to we'll have to do a good look back uh, podcast after the season, kind of preseason um, predictions, and uh, you know breakout players and things like that, and kind of see who is. We'll do some like cold takes exposed. Um, for, for our preseason predictions. But look, we're going to take a quick break from the Go 24-7 podcast now that we previewed the LSU-Arkansas game. Probably spent a little bit too much time on it even. But then we're going to come back and we're going to quickly touch on one of LSU's 2020 commits parting ways with the Tigers as uh, they open up a spot in the 2020 class uh, with some big fish out there uh, for the Tigers to potentially land. So we're going to cover that on the other side of this break from the Go 24-7 podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. As we get into this recruiting talk, a quick reminder, take advantage of that first month for a dollar deal. If you sign up for a monthly subscription or Go 24-7, you can get your first month for just a buck 
So that'll cover you really through the early signing period if you signed up today and get you uh, get you all the VIP content, so visitor list, recruiting scoop, uh, some team news, VIP stuff. Uh, that'll get you covered. And then after that first month is over, you get access to CBS All Access with over 10,000 shows, TV uh, li- live TV streaming, so you can stream uh, the SEC championship game for, for LSU. If they do, in fact, clinch this weekend, you can get all of that uh, included in your subscription. So, guys, Jalen Lee, Live Oak defensive tackle, announced to, uh, announced Thursday night that uh, he and LSU had indeed parted, parted ways. That news uh, leaked out onto our message board um, Thursday morning with LSU making the difficult decision to say, hey, I mean, we've got to open some spots, and it's tough to do with an in-state kid, but – LSU and, and Jalen Lee part ways. He's four-star defense tackle. He was one that I didn't probably have on the radar too much of this happening to as LSU has some big guys out there. But, uh, Shay, Sonny, let's start with you. What, what was kind of your take of, of Jalen Lee and, and LSU kind of parting ways here? Yeah, it was it, it was a little surprising um, after, after um, you know, but after speaking with someone who um, – you know who who was um, had. I'm trying to think of the right word here. Of had you know the the inside knowledge of what transpired of how the call went when LSU made the call to Live Oak head co- uh, Live Oak's head coach, and that uh, you know that it was just what it it was a difficult call. Um, you know, for those wondering if, you know, if, you know, if the Live Oak uh, coach, you know, uh, got irate or got really mad at LSU, I was told that, that, you know, he wasn't happy, obviously, for Jalen's sake, but he understands how college football recruiting works and that, you know, that it's one of those situations to where, you know, uh, Jalen still has some very good options. Uh, Florida, um, you know, I can confirm that uh, that Live Oak's coach, had a conversation with someone on the Florida staff, and Florida said that he still had a spot there. Uh, there was some, uh, you know, there was a conversation with uh, Alabama defensive coordinator Pete Golding. You know, that's someone else to watch going forward. But, uh, you know, it, I think it's one of those things where LSU's defensive line coach bill johnson and you know i was told that he wasn't as high on lee as uh you know as others on the staff were in the beginning of the process and that um you know that tells me that johnson is probably going to be uh you know staying on as the defensive line coach after the year if he has uh you know if if his input can have that type of effect right here. So, you know, you hate to see it with an in, with an in-state kid, but you knew that you were going to have to have some attrition here. And look, this is not the last piece that you're going to see. We've said all along that, you know, that, you know, it could be anywhere from two to, you know, some felt two. You know, I felt that we were probably looking at three to four spots that had to open up. Some of them were going to open up by, you know, by other other certain by other commits, you know, deciding to either stay closer to home, maybe looking at at a place where the depth chart is a little more appealing, what have you. We always have those scenarios that play out leading up to the early signing period in that first Wednesday in February. And so I don't think anyone's really surprised that we saw, you know, a commitment drop off the commitment list. There's going to be others, but I think the, uh, you know, that it happened at the defensive line position, a position that is, you know, that is a lot of need for LSU in this class. That was probably the most surprising part. 
and Shay, I think from from LSU's angle, there there's look. I mean, it, it's difficult. I mean, Jalen's having a had a pretty good senior season and and was something someone they pressed for over the summer. But I think with with somebody like Jordan Burch, the five star defensive end, and McKinley Jackson still out there, and of course just je- spots in general for guys like Philip Webb, Marcus Dumerville, Zach Evans. And this was just this is a tough decision, and and ultimately though there there are some really highly rated uh, and and also guys that maybe are a, a bigger need in, in the recruiting class that are out there. Yeah. I mean, it, <clears throat> someone on our board said it well and, and put it eloquently. Uh, and I kind of said, you know, look, this is kind of exactly how I would view it too, is that, yeah, all of this is part of the process. I mean, LSU's probably had, I, I could look it up, but you know, remember back to Darren Turner and guys like that. I mean, guys committed early, and ultimately, you have kind of a mutual parting of ways. I mean, we saw it with Cortland Ford. And, um, it, you know, it's happened with more than five guys in this class. And, and now with Lee, I think it's a bit more pronounced because, A, he's a really good player. He's a four-star. Uh, B, um, you know, we're a month away from the early signing period. Um, and, you know, it's a bit more magnified uh, because of that. Now, LSU's in a different position now than they were, not just when they took a commitment from Lee and some other guys, but when they started building the class in the offseason, you didn't know you were going to be, you hoped, but you didn't know you were going to be 10-0, and 0, the number one team in the country, have a potential Heisman winner, uh, be in the college football playoffs most likely, play for the SEC title for the first time since 2011, um, do all these different things, have the best offense in the country, um, be, and you know all these different things have lined you up for the ability now to you stole basically uh, a guy like, you know, made a major splash and, and land Eric Gilbert, a five-star number one tight end, highest ranked tight end in the history of 24 seven. You've reeled in flipped BJ Ojolari. You're setting yourself up, as you said, now for Philip Webb, Marcus Duberville, um, Zach Evans or a running back of, of you know, somebody, I, w- I would guess at this point, it's going to be Evans. You've got McKinley Jackson out there. You've got Xavier Hill on the O-line out there. You still got Tykeus Crawford uh, as a possibility. You're still hosting, uh, Devin Achen uh, in two weeks. So if you're already capped out at 25, how are you fitting all those guys in? So tough decisions have to be made. Um, you know, they pay those guys a lot of money to evaluate and, and make those decisions. But <clears throat> had LSU not had the success they have this year, I don't think they'd be in this position. But they did, so they are. And, you know, there's not much else you can do at this point other than say, look, let's evaluate and, and feel kind of who do we feel best about keeping and then allowing to move on and who are the grade risks and who aren't and um, how can we navigate our way towards kind of lightening the load to be able to brace for some, you know, pretty big names that you don't want to turn down in the next month, uh, you know, couple of months. Yeah, and and look, I think LSU's in position to, to land that number one recruiting class now. I mean, they, they're... You'll see them probably drop. I don't know. I didn't check last night, but they might have dropped uh, to number three. I'm not sure, but um, they are in position with kind of a historic level finish in this class. If they can get them all on board, the the really the key targets that we mentioned, guys like Jordan Birch, McKinley Jackson's out there, Marcus Dumerville, Philip Webb, Zach Evans, all of those guys still out there. And um, who knows, maybe there will be a, a surprise or two down the line that Ed Ogeron and his staff can continue to kind of pull out of pull out of the, the hat and, and, and finish with the number one overall class. In a year where LSU, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, 
Ohio State all t- having some serious, serious recruiting classes just from a historic level on the 24-7 sports composite. LSU's got a chance to finish with the top one out of all of them and, and have a historic finish. And we'll be here to follow it all on Go 24-7 for you guys. So thanks for listening to this edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy LSU-Arkansas on Saturday night, 6 p.m. Central on ESPN. And we didn't talk about it, but LSU basketball also faces a good Utah State team in Jamaica on Friday night, 6 p.m. Central. We'll have all of your coverage of that as well. So thanks for listening to this edition of the podcast. Hope everyone has a great weekend.